0: comment and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. This is one of all of you, the Gorilla Condoms, coming to you live on this edition of the Geo Strategic Hour with Matthew Eret. You can find Matthew over at rising RisingFounda- tide foundation.net. Over also check out his sub stack. The links will be in the description box. Folks, there are so many things to cover, and we have brought on our Eurasian integration specialist himself, Matthew Eret is here. Matt, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, thanks. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to be on, V. I'm doing great. Dude, uh, there are so many things going on. Right before we went live, we talked about, you know, we usually, you especially, like to rally around a talking point and bring it home and flesh it out. But today, there's so much happening. I mean, I don't know where to begin, Matt. So if you want yeah. to start, brother, I mean, we we could, you know what I was thinking about? Like, I was having lunch, right? And I was having this um organic, uh, I don't know, some sort of, Grass-fed type uh, hot dog thingy with a with a keto bread bun, and you know it was good. It was good. So I was eating that. I was I was you know doing some thinking. I had you know my laptop in front of me, looking at notes, looking at work, and I thought just occurred to me: was, isn't it amazing that this ISIS thing that happened in Afghanistan, Matt? Right, this whole ISIS thing, right? Isn't it amazing to me that ISIS, an anti-Western Islamic quote-unquote terror group? where all of its victims are 99.9999% all Muslims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we yeah. hate the West. Let us go and bomb this mosque.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's decapitate other Muslims. Yeah. Yes. We no, hate I know. Them all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then, and then mean... it gets me, too, how, how so many, so many uh, harebrained you know, American patriots who just don't know about other cultures, other parts of the world. And they, no, no. they tend to so easily just fall into the trap of thinking, yeah, it's the, these damn Muslims that are that are the, the big problem of the world. And they don't see that. No, the reason why there is such a problem of Islamic extremism extremism in the world, um, which is a headache and a nightmare for most people living in Islamic countries is because you had figures around the trilateral commission, especially, who took over control of the U.S. government after John F. John F. Kennedy and then his brother Bobby Kennedy were killed. And, right. uh, and people like Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the you know co-founder of the Trilateral Commission, along with Kissinger, David Rockefeller, he put out a program with Cyrus Vance under Jimmy Carter uh, called Operation Cyclone to funnel $500 million of taxpayer money into radical madrasas And the funding of the Mujahideen, um, which, again, with the help of a lot of Saudi and and Qatar subsidiary banks and financial institutions was able to. And a lot of a lot of MI6 assistance, of course. This can't happen without British intelligence, uh, which has been on the ground developing networks for generations. Um, That's what created an anti like you 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 had a relatively secular um, an Islamic secular uh, socialist government in 1978-79 that was pro-Russia. They had overthrown a, a puppet a puppet government. They had expanded massively education for women, for children. Economic development measures were going through in a fast, fast pace for for quite some time. And uh, and Carter wanted to, or not Carter. Sorry, Carter didn't have a brain. I'm sorry. Uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski... a <laughs> big had a had a program for for you know destroying all of that and uh and that government was pro Russia they they ended up destabilizing it with all of these different like terrorist organizations and outfits osama bin laden was by the way recruited uh these mujahideen uh groups were trained in Pakistan by the Correct. CIA by and the MI6 ISI. and mm-hmm. the ISI exactly all working together and then funneling them right back into zones of action uh, to fight the Russians which went on for a long time and uh, and this this all just evolved as a as a, a cancer out of this geopolitical design. it's not about religions it's not about Islam versus Christianity versus Judaism it's not that at all it's it, there's something above the uh, that level that people have it's easy to look at it's easy but people have to get over their prejudices and just simply take a step back and look at the facts as they have presented themselves and then you can make sense of what the hell is going on today relatively easily.
0: You know, a lot of people like to pull up these images. Oh, look, uh, you know, Afghanistan prior mm. to prior to Islam coming over there. Look, these women are walking around in mini skirts and uh, well, they're going to school. And now look at them. They went from this to this. It's all because of Islam. It's because of the Taliban. Oh man. Yeah. Look, they fail to realize that period was a period where you had a pro Russian government in, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they will literally tell you this was some pro Western uh, Afghanistan that was happening. No, it, it, it yeah. really wasn't.
1: No, I mean, I mean, culturally, yeah, you had like girls in, in who I mean, it looks like it could be a, a scene from like 1970s, you know, New York or California. Um, and sure, like culturally, they're influenced by, by Western culture, so are a lot of Russians. But the point is, you know, they uh, it was not like just a pro-American thing. There were American companies helping them, just like there were Russian companies in the private sector, helping the Afghan economy uh, develop itself. But you have this again, this other thing. And you had a lot of people inside of the U.S. government who wanted Afghanistan in the 1970s to develop um, as a modern society, just like you had a lot of progressive people in all parts of the world. Um, You know, same thing for Iran under the Shah who you know the the guy was was certainly a puppet at different moments in the past but by the the mid to late 70s and i'm talking about you know during the the time when um uh dr Mossadegh in iran was overthrown when he nationalized the iranian uh oil fields from the british and you know the british with their uh their newly created cia outfit helped to overthrow uh dr Mossadegh. And install the Shah as a more you know useful tool, um, but despite that, by the 70s, the Shah as well had recognized that you know the Japanese model of of industrial development, advanced science, advanced tech, with the help of American firms and other firms in in France and Germany, uh, w- was working really well to pull people out of poverty and to give them more sovereignty. and And you see that in, in Iran, they had programs with with German, American, and French French um, nuclear. Uh, companies to build vast uh, peaceful nuclear reactors, which uh, which was was all uh, basically thrown into the garbage bin in the same period as we had Carter putting in Operation Cyclone in Afghanistan. You had the same thing with the ouster of the Shah and the installation of a more radical uh, grouping in Iran at that time, which just canceled like 80 percent of one of the reactors was completed by a German firm. 80%, 80% right. and it was just immediately dustballed. 50% of a second reactor was completed by 1980, dustballed. Uh can't let was, that happen. Uh, no, not at all. We got It's uh, a zero
0: sum game, Matthew. We, well, gotta, I, we have this we have the Dilucides trap we gotta deal with, and the sword of Damocles hangs over our
1: head. Exactly. And and I mean the the lack of imagination, these guys are just p- imposing this, like you said, it's this this uh zero sum game, game theory idea of governance onto the world, which means that you, it, the game only works as long as nobody changes the parameters of the game that make the rules. Because you control the parameters, right? It, it's it's the game master who controls the parameters. We've made fun of this in the past. Um, but nuclear power is something which is outside of the formulas that you input inputted to create the conditions for the game. Um, so when Pakistan under Bhutto, the first Bhutto uh, pre- presidency, was going for nuclear power, Kissinger immediately intervened and Bhutto, uh, the father of Benazir who was assassinated in 2007, uh, Bhutto was immediately overthrown, put in jail under a program that was facilitated by the US State Department. Um, and he even wrote in documents while he was sitting in prison waiting to be uh, executed, that his offense was resisting Henry Kissinger's designs for a, a certain zero zero growth program for Pakistan by going for nuclear power which, again, had the support of American companies and American some American politicians. It's not like one homogenized, behemoth thing called the United States. There, there's a fight, and there has always been a fight inside of the U.S. between two different orientations. Um, and he was ultimately killed. We had the Shah overthrown. We had uh, the, the, the secular government of, of Afghanistan that was ultimately uh, lit on fire. And so now we're we're in the wake of that, right? The Taliban eventually emerged as one of the outfits uh, during this process. Um, they were not ultimately, I mean, there was some barbaric, some many barbaric issues with the Taliban way of thinking about women uh, organizing society in the 1990s. One of the positive things about the Taliban come 1999, as we've talked about, was they uh, they wiped out the Afghan opium production down to from 90% of global heroin down to 10 I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, but in the last 20 years, it's a very different ballgame. And uh, and what we've found is that uh, Russia began opening up immediately in 2014. As soon as it became clear what the Crimean issue was all about, Russia immediately began opening up diplomatic channels to the Taliban. So this has been going on now for over seven years. Correct. Um, And, you know, and this is, this is something people, it fell under people's radar when the Russian... Uh, uh, foreign ministry spokesperson said, "You know, like we've been talking to the Taliban now for seven years, uh, and we tr- think that this is something we can work with." The Chinese have said similar things, and people are like, "Wait a minute, seven years? What was going on seven years ago?" And yeah, that was the point that Russia realized the uh, what the nature of the the ball game you know was going to be. Um, so there's been things going on in the back channel. It's it's now the Taliban is a has agreed to reform a lot of its its behavior, yep. um, which they have to. Well, if they're going to have any chance of nothing.
0: They, Matt, look hmm. who they brought in in terms of their membership. I mean, Before they were exclusively hmm. a, a Pashtuni organization with just Pashtuns that are make up their entire ranks, and they looked at everything from a Pashtun perspective. This time around they have Hazaras in there, Uzbeks, Tajiks. Everybody's hmm. in there this time
1: around, man. That's interesting. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about it that way. That's a very good point. Yeah, no. And I mean, on top of that, you you know, they basically went into various sectors, uh, into the energy sector and uh, into the various government ministries. And they basically said, okay, keep doing your job. Just keep doing it. We'll protect you. Just keep, you know. And um, and yeah, there's a a definite sense that there's an embrace of technology. That's not seen as some hellish thing anymore. Uh, You know, you have even the Taliban spokesman. Who are like going around filming themselves and, and filming the, the various events on their cell phones and, and uploading that into their social media channels? Strangely enough, and they're, you know, they're people... trolling Biden hard, especially with the ice cream dude. I no, I didn't say say something about that. What is this?
0: Okay, so yeah, let me see if I can bring this up. You got to see this. So hmm. basically, what's this? Taliban ice cream? Uh, Joe Biden. So basically you know how Joe Biden's always like pounding out some ice cream all the time, right? Yeah. So the Taliban <laughs> responded on their own social media thing. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz Biden Biden
1: loves ice cream. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's hilarious.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so they oh actually got a sense of humor now. That's great. Oh, they, okay. did. They, they, more, they did, more they, they, they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, End game. Um, they, they're talking about all the terrible things, uh, but it's like these are not things that have necessarily happened. They're all scenarios you're just concerned about and you're pumping that uh, just to invoke fear. But... I mean, what we've seen is that yeah, women are being granted, and I mean, they're 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 made the point that you're gonna be allowed to continue your education. You'll be able to continue to work as long as you wear the little uh, head covering like they do in uh, in Iran. Correct. Um, so all and of these, they're things
0: gonna, are... then and they're also willing to form a unity government with not just women in the government, mm-hmm. but also Shiite Muslims as well. Which they have to do because if they want any sort of regional stability, Matt, you mm-hmm. and I both know they have to be having Shiites involved because of the relationship and the
1: close proximity to Iran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, a lot of people, and and the thing that's making this work is again, thank God that China has introduced a model of economic development founded upon the building of real things, not just giving people money on certain conditionalities that they reform their, their systems into whatever, whatever the the technocrats want to define as good governance. Um, which has destroyed most countries of the world that have been beneficiaries to IMF and World Bank loans for the past decades, but no, China is actually saying the loans that we're giving you are going to be tied to projects that have to be built that impact the world, that change the conditions of the game, and it involves Iran massively. Um, it involves Pakistan. It involves extending the the China economic uh, China Pakistan economic corridor uh, into Afghanistan, which is an, a necessary hub. And a node throughout all of the other middle eastern regions um, which will harmonize and develop trust with your neighbors in ways that nothing can do if, if you're just dealing with purely monetary or governance uh thinking so the idea that um i mean the one place the one holdout i was concerned with and it looks like there's it's finally lifting off is in uh, what's called the 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 the, the panjir yeah, uh, the,
0: the Panjshir Valley, you, you have, uh, yeah, they you had uh, Ahmed Shah's son, the yeah. Juan Guaido of Afghanistan, pop yeah. up, <laughs> and it's then a, shame, it, a total, a total <laughs> MI6 asset, okay, alongside a, a CIA, known CIA asset, the vice president of uh, of Afghanistan, whose name escapes me at the moment. I keep forgetting his name, I memorize it for a second, and then it's gone. Yeah. But anyway, let's just call him the vice president of, of Afghanistan, who flee to the north to the Panjshir Valley. This guy is a known documented CIA asset, sheep dipped as well as a Saudi asset as well. Yeah, so they're out there saying that they're the legitimate government now, Maddie.
1: yeah. And I mean, I was so demoralized at first when I read this like last week that this guy had like had his little bastion hold out and, uh, you know, had about six thousand troops, but then started calling on Britain, Britain and France and and the United States to provide military support so that they could fight the Taliban. In uh, in honor and in the tradition of this kid's father, who's a great man. I mean, his dad really yep. was cool. Yep. Um, uh, I guess Ahmed Shah the senior, right? Yep. Um, or Ahmed Masood, sorry. Um, who was assassinated by the Taliban in like September thirteenth or something, two thousand and one. Yeah, like two days before nine eleven. Two days before nine eleven. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. 99. Yeah. And this guy, this guy was was something else. He he actually. Um. Yes, he was. He was considered a warlord. I mean, everybody, is, you know, was considered that if you're in mean, political power. You, yeah, if uh, you're, you know,
0: if you're any, <laughs> if anybody of any sort of reputation in Afghanistan, I mean, warlord is one of the highest to ascertain.
1: Yeah, it's like a little. Uh, it's it's a it's a little mini king. And but but and he became prime minister of the officially recognized Afghan government. And um and I mean the guy had a track record of fighting, um, I mean he he fought. The Russians. He fought the Taliban. He fought everybody, and uh, came out as a statesman. But he had a, a generally secular view. He was compl- he warned even at the United Nations before 9/11 that something was going to happen. Watch out! Something is being planned. Um, and as soon as he gets back, you know he's assassinated, and the unity uh, government that he had created, um, or the National Unity Party—I forget the name of it—was uh, essentially undermined, and, and it was brought back into the dark age mode. But his son, you know, yeah, trained in King's College, London, uh, and the University of London comes out begging Britain and the United States to help them fight. And so it doesn't look like it looks like the game has changed sufficiently in the favor of the Russian Chinese calculus, that uh, that's not going to happen, that the uh, the governments of the West did not come through the way that uh, he had hoped. Um, So it looks like he's going to be forced to step down. He can't uh, he can't defend his little zone in Panjir, Um, at all. It's, it's not possible. They're, they're out of fuel, out of weapons. They, they would need uh, support to come in. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen either. I mean, there's all sorts of provocations like we've just seen. CJ just shared with us the news just an hour ago of uh, four American Marines and many other civilians in the Afghan airport uh, who were killed by a suicide bomber of some sort. Um, as we're told, at least. And there's all sorts of provocations like that that could still spill over to create um, a change of the game whereby Biden might be induced to say, well, things are so in- insane. We have to reverse our de- decision to exit and maybe now we have to go back in. Um, that could still be the case, maybe. Um, up until now, we haven't we haven't seen that happen. And it seems like this kid, Ahmad Masood is going to have to uh, play along. With the new government and the new uh, the new game, but we don't know. We we just don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty up there right now.
0: And last I checked, there was a, a a huge Taliban contingent heading north to take out uh, the uh, ten thousand or so holdouts in the Panjshir Valley. The Panjshir Valley is just a a brutal place just to get anybody because it's a natural fortress. It's ringed with mountains and one one way in and one way out. So it's a tough. It's going to be a tough slog. Um, it's interesting, Mm -hmm. man, because as soon as this whole entire thing happened with Penjir Valley going active, if you remember just like two days ago, Biden saying there's going to be a a terrorist attack, it's going to be ISIS K and it's going to target uh civilians, literally verbatim. I will find it and play it for you guys, but yeah, literally verbatim. That's what Biden was saying. So I'm like saying to myself, Mm -hmm. okay. I- ISIS-K, the new brand of ISIS operating, in how do they know they're going to go ahead and, uh, and attack the airport? How, do, how does this old geezer know this? I mean, he can he can barely read a teleprompter, but he's telling you that ISIS-K is <laughs> – <laughs> that's the K variant, right? The, w- <laughs> the K variant of ISIS is going to attack the, uh, the, the airport, <laughs> you know?
1: That's, uh, because yeah. ISIS
0: is so anti-Western that the way ISIS topples Western governments is to kill as many Muslims as
1: possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, it, there, my, my wife uh, wrote a brilliant trilogy on uh, Vietnam and uh, John F. Kennedy's fight with the CIA and Ellen Dulles. And uh, in it, she cites um, the work by Colonel Fletcher Prouty, um, who was a very high-level official within the... Uh, uh, strategic command of the United of, of the CIA of the military. He was a very high level person in charge. He would have been the person in charge of JFK's own security on uh, the, t- the the day of that he was in Dallas uh, when he was killed. Uh, except that um, it was known that he was not of the psychological type to play into a conspiracy, and so they flew him on a a special mission a week beforehand um, to uh, I think it was to Antarctica or something. <laughs> He's like, why am I in Antarctica? And then on his en route back, he had to like stop off in, in Australia. He was like, he found himself at like this five-star resort sitting down. He's like, wow, I'm being treated pretty well all of a sudden. Well, I don't know what's happening. And then he looks at the TV um, and they're announcing JFK has died. I'm saying this for a reason. I'm going to get back to the Vietnam thing.
0: Oh, yeah. And this was like um, hours before he actually
1: died. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. No, Well, he saw he, – He's. He, that's right. He picked up a newspaper. mm mm-hmm. And the newspaper was actually published before JFK himself or was issued before he was killed. And the newspaper itself, he said, had a full briefing of Lee Harvey Oswald, um, the entire breakdown of Oswald's relationship to the Russians, which was sort of a cover story that was created anyway uh, to prepare for the fact that. People were going to start asking, well, who was this guy? But all of this was done before JFK was actually killed, or like in the right. minutes after he was killed. Like, there's no way you could put, pull all of this together. And, and, have and, some, and, and some you know, the picture. funny thing is,
0: if you fa- yeah. fast forward to uh, September 11th, when uh, the British, yeah. the BBC broadcast, this just in the Solomon Brothers building has just collapsed, World Trade Center 7. And yeah. literally, this BBC bimbo is talking, and World Trade Center 7 is standing right behind her. She, yeah. she accidentally <laughs> burned out the report. This just in, the Solomon Brothers building, World Trade Center 7, has collapsed for unknown reasons due to fire. And the building is standing right behind her.
1: I know, I, I saw that video, people, I don't know if it's still available on YouTube, it's, but you could get this online where you could watch this shot of this woman actually just talking right there, live on air, with the building behind her, yeah, that's right, no, it's amazing, yeah. I mean, it, and you think of these people as evil geniuses, and that's they're so not. wrong, it's so wrong to do,
0: they're evil, uh, and they're idiotic,
1: they are, and they just rely on, on people being that docile mentally and physically to not question anything, um, they just need us to be dumber than them. But, you know, it's both like two, two, two ratios of dumbness relative to each well, other. You know, if almost. you're really dumb, somebody who's just kind of dumb might seem really brilliant. Yeah. But from the standpoint of like normal human thinking, it's they're both it's they're both underwater. Um, Matt, I found but, a clip of Biden talking about how the airport's
0: going to get attacked. Here we go. I'll play yeah. it real quick. It's an audio clip because I, I don't know how to do audio and video because this is what happens when I don't have El Cuco with me. Hold on. Here, you go. Here we stay starting with the acute and growing risk of an attack by a terrorist group known as ISIS-K, an ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan,
1: which is a sworn enemy of the Taliban as well. Every day we're on the ground is another day we know that ISIS-K is seeking to target the airport and attack
0: both U.S. and allied forces and innocent civilians. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) This guy can't read a teleprompter, but he, he puts that out like a few days ago. Well, this whole thing's we just know yeah. that ISIS K is going to attack
1: the airport. <laughs> Biden, and then the why Oracle... don't you do
0: something about it? You <laughs> idiot.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's and but so this is what I was gonna just uh, make the point is that Colonel Fre- uh, Fletcher Proudy in his book he gets he gets book. at this this, this technique. You, oh, yeah. Well, there, there's a few she cites from, and uh, and I had a chance to read some of it. Uh, well, the one that I w- that I'm thinking about is uh, this JFK, the CIA, um, and and v- the Vietnam War. Yeah, and um, that one is fantastic. And he also did a few other ones, but that one's really good. And um, in it, he gets across this technique that was developed by MI6. It was used by the CIA in the Philippines in the 50s and the 60s, and then really, really used a lot in in the uh, the Vietnam War, called fun and games. And Fun and Games was, they actually called it, that was what they they called this program of training um, mercenaries on the ground um, and then splitting off these asymmetrical fighting forces into groups of good guys versus bad guys who would then go into various villages as bad guys, um, doing just committing mass atrocity, then having the good guy team come in, uh, fight the bad guys, and, uh, and, you know, just shape the, the 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 psyche of the population on the ground who doesn't know what the hell is going on. They just know that some other group just came in to kind of save them. They don't know who anybody's really affiliated with, but it really was useful. And they use this a lot for flying in ambassadors, flying in diplomats who didn't believe necessarily the official narrative of what was really going on in Vietnam. And then they would just orchestrate these um these events. It was live action theater, bro. Live, it was action, the live theater.
0: action theater. You know, yeah. This is what happened with ISIS K. ISIS K's claim to flame after uh, Hafiz uh, Muhammad Khan, who is an ISI CIA asset, who was a former Taliban guy. The Taliban kicked this guy out because this guy wasn't, there's something weird about him, right? So mm. he goes ahead and he finds ISIS K, in the K mm. variant. Mm. So ISIS K, their claim to fame is they stormed a maternity ward. You know, on the outskirts of Kabul somewhere, somewhere in Afghanistan, I forgot which city, I don't know if it's mazar sharif or whatnot, but they stormed a, a maternity ward, killed all the babies, machine gunned the kids, and then killed the women, some of the women who were even in the process of giving birth, mm. right? Because, you know, if you're an anti-Western terrorist group, nothing sends the message to the West when you go into an Islamic hospital and you slaughter women
1: giving birth. That is showing you how anti Western you really are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it reminds me as well of, um, you know, the, the the stories I remember watching many years ago, a really good documentary on 9 11 called uh, Loose Change. You probably saw Loose that. Loose Change was great. Yeah, that was a classic. And that really opened up my eyes. And, and some of the paradoxes were, were fantastic. And like one of them was uh, just tracing out what were the activities of the supposed, you know, hijackers uh, during the weeks and months before. Uh, the actual events of 9/11. Strip clubs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Eating these guys a, were just like they were
0: at uh, Billy Ray's uh, pork barbecue ribs.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like this is what you're gonna do before like stepping into the afterlife. No, you're not. You're not. You're
0: not. You're not you know, bowing to Mecca, going. You're not doing any of that stuff, right? You're not doing, <laughs> so
1: <about must> your... <laughs> you're
0: not doing any of that. You're just. You know, you're pounding beef or you're, you're pounding pork ribs and putting dollar bills and hookers. Yeah, <laughs> in exactly. Terms, me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that that that's what that's what the most because I mean, if you're going to be that radically devout <laughs> to your idea of of, of uh, Allah's wish. Uh, that your your life, it, its entire purpose, has culminated now with this one moment of like defeating these infidels. And yeah. before you do that, that's how you're going to celebrate that <laughs> yeah. purpose of your life.
0: Bringing a dollar bill in a, in a, in a stripper's G string is my way
1: of showing allegiance <laughs> to Allah.
0: Like, and you, nobody caught that. Nobody in the West took a stop and be like, wait a minute. W- Wait, did it, this guy wasn't like uh, you know, he's not in the middle of a sidewalk like or he's not in the airport terminal. We have videos of this guy in an airport terminal Busting on a prayer rug and before he's boarding the aircraft, but we have videos of him in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right cuz Muhammad Atta was so and it's and you know the craziest thing is he was the only person in the world that had a fireproof passport. Did you know that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because they found the
1: passport that somehow made its way out of the plane after it had crashed into the buildings that vaporized the entire structure and all of the bodies of everybody on the plane were all vaporized, so you can't even trace their DNA. That was all gone, but somehow this passport flew out of a window, landed just perfectly right there on the street. And an FBI agent, our heroic FBI agents, they were able to recover it, Matthew. Hey. God for these guys, eh? God, yeah, no, it's weird. But then I, I, I remember reading reports years ago. I'm just, I, I mean, I'm going off my my memories. I haven't thought about for a long time. But um, there were reports that something like a good number of the 19 hijackers were uh, traced to have still been alive, alive, alive um, after the events, and one of them one guy was in Morocco and he was it like, was he actually, wait a minute, he was what are you like, talking right? about? Like, the, I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm seeing my face on, uh, on TV saying that I was in a plane that, that did this thing. I'm, I've been in Morocco this whole time. Like, stop this. <laughs> like, just took this like random guy's profile and like threw him into the, the narrative. Oh yeah. And uh, hey, I don't know what the hell happened to him. It's like these school. Shootings.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. But I remember the last school shooting that happened it was a mass school shooting in Pakistan. Where they had pictures of the same kids who died in various other school shootings in, the, in America. It's like the same. They recycle some of these same pictures,
1: man. Mm, mm. Well, see, and the, and then that's the thing too. You know, like I, I've spoken to a lot of people um, <clears throat> over the over the years from Syria who would come. You know, and they they would tell me, "Oh, you're you're saying that uh, Bashar al-Assad is not evil." I am from Syria. I have family there. They have told me that they have seen people. Who are, who are Bashar al-Assad's uh, killing assassins, soldiers, and mercenaries who went into their village and killed 80% of the people. Yeah. And you're telling... They saw it with their own eyes. And it's like, wait a minute. Were they wearing, like, Bash- like Syrian military uniforms? No. They're wearing face masks. It's like, but they represent Bashar al-Assad. And it's like, wait a minute. How do you know that? How did you prove that these guys were not funded by the West? Like, how do you know... That? Just CNN you talk- told me. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They're not wearing like I love Bashar al-Assad, and if they were, that would also be pretty suspicious uh, <laughs> T-shirts. Um, so yeah, it's it's the same psyop thing, which sometimes involves total orchestrations, as we've seen with the uh, the white helmets who have been caught redheaded, just making shit up, creating scenarios with the help of on the ground BBC reporters and other others, um, artificially creating the image for TV but actually util- utilizing just stage acting of like people like painted in, in you know, white talcum powder uh, and like told to like lie down. And, you know, the, the, the CNN cameras are like showing you what happened after Bashar al-Assad's uh, chemical weapons attacks uh, destroyed his own people. And then like, sometimes you'll have like somebody like scratching their nose and they're like, it's <laughs> you know, like, supposed to be a dead person scratching their nose <laughs> or, or like they, they, they thought that the camera stopped rolling. But, but so they like check their phones <laughs> and yep. all of these things. So you have you have things that are, that are like that, just total staged. Um, and then in other cases, you actually do have, um, you know, operations whereby radicals are they go in and do their fun and games and slaughter locals. The locals don't know what the hell is going on. And they become then uh, witnesses to feed back into the, um, you know, the um, the echo chamber. Of, uh, of false information for the West to then flame our, pro- our our minds, you know, into thinking that what we're being told by CNN is the reality and that we have to support or at least tolerate our governments going in and intervening in countries like Libya or, or others um, to defend people. So, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is not a new thing. It's been going on for a really, really long time.
0: You know, it's amazing. I'm trying to find the actual pictures on Google. And, you know, the, folks, let me explain <laughs> something to you. When I try to do a search, Matt, I'll even tell you this, man. I, I can't even use Google anymore. Yeah, It's so curated. It's so controlled. I mean, so many things is wiped, and this is how they get us into these internet ghettos. Like, the kid that I'm looking at, right? And I remember so vividly, and I actually spoke about it back in, you know, when the school shooting in at a, at a military school in Pakistan occurred, and they're talk- they were showing all the pictures of the kids, and it was the picture of this kid right here who died... In uh, Sandy Hook, they had this kid, Noah Posen, right? They had his picture as one of the kids. And there's a few other American kids. I'm like, wait a minute. That kid don't look Pakistani to me. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Oops. You know, Mm. it's like, come on, man. It's, oh, my God. It's just ridiculous, Matt. It's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, on the issue of, uh, yeah, I I and it's gotten worse, right? In the last, like, even just two, three years, the Google search engines, the logarithms have gotten so much worse than the, the they used to be bad, but now they're really bad. Um, and it's difficult for me, too. But like, I I posted something on social media, um, little little comment about, like, you know, giving up your freedoms, or if you give up your freedoms now, your kids or grandkids won't even know what freedoms are, or something like that. I You know, basic comment. And, you know, I, I get, a, of course, a whole bunch of people um, from the, uh, the 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 pro vax movement saying I hope you're not talking about the the vaccines you you know these these have been FDA approved now and, and so everybody now now that the FDA has approved oh that's um, it the Pfizer F- the FDA that-
0: who 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 approves pharmaceutical companies that can't even make baby powder correctly now they're now now you know the, the, the vaunted FDA has given us their blessings Matt we should trust yeah exactly
1: no exactly and I mean on the one hand, I I tried to just respond back by, by, you know, just defending my point very easily by citing a few very well put together articles by Dr. Malone or, you know, like the guy who invented the mRNA technology or or a variety of other, other other people. And I, every time I tried to post something onto social media, just to like make my point, of course it was immediately shut down. I couldn't post anything to prove my point. Whereas all of these people could take whatever type of crap propaganda article with faked data that is vetted by CNN and just like, pop that on. So you can't even like, you know, use the material that's available, um, in making your argument in a lot of these, you know, big tech environments. It's just, it's not possible. So it's, I mean, that's not something I encourage people to do. I think it's a big waste of time to even have these debates online, but that's just something I, I stepped into and and, and I got by a little bit, but all that to say, when you, um, when you look at, yeah, the FDA, a lot of these people, these idiots, I'm sorry to say it, but I mean, a lot of people who have really lost their brains used to not that long ago think that the war in Iraq was an evil imperial thing. They used to think that Monsanto was uh, part of a bigger cartelization of food and genetic modifications that were in tune and in bed with the FDA, which was a totally corrupt body because we all know what they did with, you know, they supported, they allowed Johnson and Johnson and Johnson to get off the hook for years and years using, um, uh, asbestos in baby powder, you know, mm-hmm. for God knows what type of effects that caused us. Uh, for- I'm still recovering from that, Matt. As a- <laughs> <laughs> There's jokes we can make that are not appropriate for this <laughs> for a public audience. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, all that to say, like the FDA was recognized as a corrupt body tied deeply into Monsanto and all of these like big pharma firms that were not recognized, that were understood to be sociopathic institutions but now they Um, love them now all of a sudden yeah now that they've they've uh, exactly they've justified all of these people who got vaccinated who had maybe some like doubts in the back of their mind maybe this wasn't the right thing to do but they did it so now all of a sudden the fda came out with their seal of approval now it's like just a total unleashing of self-righteous crap however when you actually look at what the fda approved there's all sorts of holes in this thing too and I, I I was just reading that it it wasn't even um like it wasn't even the official Pfizer vax itself that was or the formula that was um approved it was something called uh, was it uh, Comardi Com- Cominardi yeah yeah which they, a- they renamed themselves using they say the same formula yeah it's a Biovan uh, or something now it was yeah, it yeah. Was
0: Cominardi Com- it was a weird stupid name I'm like kamarty who's
1: Camardi. You know? Yeah, it sounds yeah. like, yeah, like some sort of a mafia name. It's a, they, they relabeled the name and um, they, and then they said, okay, this, even though this thing is going to be now approved by the FDA, we're still going to use the other Pfizer version that we've been using, which is not approved by the FDA, but, but it's still under the emergency use authorization as w- will be the common arty. So why do you still have to have the common arty under the emergency use when it will become available at some indefinite point in the future. But they're saying, because it's pretty much the same thing, we're going to keep using what we've already been using. Um And yet there was no serious transparency in the actual studies that were carried out by the FDA. No advisory uh, evidentiary uh, committees were set up, as has always been the case in all of these FDA approval uh, programs. Um you the, the data that the FDA used was only data that, Uh, ended in March 2021 so what about the last you know four or five months of data that's all been ignored um so you have all of these weird things it's so strange uh the way that this has been done on top of the fact that it's just an an obviously provably corrupt body anyway and Dr Malone I mean the guy who I said invented the mRNA or co-inventor of the mRNA technology itself who is pro-vax he's not an anti-vaxxer in any way he's been very public Citing all sorts of very very reliable data sets, uh, demonstrating that the VAERS reporting system is bat is terrible, even with the official numbers being what they are. At something I don't even know. You probably know what it is. Maybe thirteen, fourteen thousand deaths. Uh, I-, I don't even know. Oh my god, the VAERS uh, it's, its huge, man. It's probably more. But he yeah, said it's true. underreported by a factor of five to ten. It um, is. <laughs> and we know people. I mean, I directly know a number of people who had very averse effects, almost everyone that I know that I speak to has either been on a low level, just knocked out with massive migraines for like two to three days after getting the first or even usually it's the second uh, dose, but sometimes the first. Uh, and in many cases, I know several people, um, one of whom, no, two people had heart attacks uh, a week after one was 10 days, one was seven days directly in my personal friends network. Um, two people I know lost hearing for different periods of time. One still hasn't gotten their hearing back. Um, I know one of my fellow writers, um, Dennis Etler, died the day after getting uh, his vaccine. He was a teacher in, I think it was uh, California. We, we've written on similar platforms and corresponded. He died uh, a couple of months ago. Right. Um, I don't know anybody in my personal network or second or third degree separation Um, Who died of COVID-19, the the pandemic that supposedly justified the lockdown of the world and mandatory vaccinations for everybody, including kids um, who want to go to school uh, are now being told they have to get this. So I don't know anybody except maybe my 93 year old aunt who had 20 people die in her old age home up here in Montreal um, with many other old age homes, which went through the exact same thing that New York went through. Um, by having some serious COVID patients just stuffed into the old age homes when they couldn't be placed in hospitals. And of course the, the staff is afraid to go into work. They don't go in because they're not prepared for any of this. And they're, they're being told this is the black plague. So I'm not going to, I'm getting paid, you know, $13 an hour to like go into a black plague. No, thank you. So now these hospitals for weeks on end are not being, these people are not being fed. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're, you know you had inspectors go into many of these old age facilities and they they broke down crying because there was like people who died in their in their own feces um it was terrible and like one nurse for 500 people in some cases so this is something which there's now lawsuits class action lawsuits in quebec against the federal government for mandating this program this activity be done across the board which had a huge effect on creating a a spike in deaths that were all attributed to COVID. So that's the, that's what I know. The only people that I know who I've supposedly I'm told died of COVID are people in that category in their nineties, massive comorbidities, but otherwise the regular flu deaths um, have completely disappeared uh, over the last couple of seasons. And, uh, and yet the, the vaccination issues, as you've got your, uh, your VAERS, uh data right there for the audience uh, that is proving to be actual there there's results there that are very, very startling. And we took off the smallpox or what was it? Is it small, not smallpox. It was the, uh, the, the, the swine flu in the seventies, right? We had a a mandatory vaccine policy that ended up vaccinating something like four or 5 million people, but they stopped it. They discontinued it when something like, I don't know, 40, 50 deaths, something like that were proven to be the consequence of the vaccine. They discontinued the vaccine. Now we're at God knows how many thousands, um, and they're still just going flight forward saying that you can't go to school in a lot of universities if you don't get vaxxed, and if you if you uh, unless you get vaxxed, and if you don't get vaxxed, you've probably heard this. What they're what they're you know what they're telling students that they're gonna have to go through? Every day testing. On their own dime, right? So yep. in, in some cases, like what is it, uh 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 uh, West Virginia, uh, universities are, are going to have to, the students are going to have to pay $1,500 for their tests, which if you're vaxxed, you, you your tests are free. Um, you, you, there's other schools like in Connecticut, uh, that the students are going to be fined a hundred dollars every week for if they're not been vaxxed. So they're, they're saying, oh, you have the, the freedom to choose. That's fine. But you're going to have to pay, um a non-vax tax of a hundred dollar fine that's going to increase by a hundred dollars each week such that by the end of the semester you're going to be paying two thousand dollars uh for for your uh the sin of not being vaxxed um other students are other are getting 700 i mean these kids mm-hmm. just
0: drop out of college do homeschool go to online learning you don't need
1: college anymore it's a joke it's 2021 wake up people yeah Jeez. no exactly exactly and uh and on the other level too you have you have employees are, are all being told like across Canada right now. And especially in Quebec, it's really harsh, um, that they are going, I mean, all federal employees, anybody who's working in an industry like the airline industry, which is, which has federal re- regulation will all have to be doubly vaxxed within, I think the next couple of weeks, if they're going to keep their jobs and the the benefits and everything else. Um, so you're really putting people, like Their heads are in a noose, but a funny thing happened. My wife just sent me a, a little, uh, news blip. Saying that it's just been announced this morning that the federal or the, the Quebec government, which is where I live in, in in Quebec, they just announced all of the federal employees who were supposed to go back into their offices uh, next week after Labor Day. Um, they're all being told, stay at home, don't go to work. And that's 60,000 pl- employees directly are being told, no, we're going to extend uh, this because it's getting so serious. Now, there's no actual evidence that anything is serious with the Delta in Quebec. But the, the point is, they're all being told to just stay home even though we've also been told the statistics that something like, you know, 80% of uh, the Quebec population have been very good behaved. They're the most vaccinated. It's great. But it's and and they're mostly with the federal, uh, like all the federal government employees have been vaccinated is what we're being told by the statistics in the propaganda machine. However, then this happens. And and what my my wife was was throwing out there is that they're probably just covering for the fact that they've been lying with their statistics. A lot of people haven't been vaccinated. Right refuse to be vaccinated and now they're just trying to save face by saying well if you if we if you come into work we you're calling our bluff uh we thought we could intimidate you into doing it and that's not working so just stay home and we'll be able to continue the lie a little bit longer um and i mean i believe it i mean game of chicken at this point yeah and we had like first Exactly. It really is. And, and so far, I've been impressed. Uh, of all of the parts of Canada, Quebec has pulled together yeah. the biggest rallies. We had something like 150,000 people at the last anti-lockdown. It is and the French fighting spirit. There's no? something to it. There is something to it. Um, which is why I think they're pushing so hard on France and Quebec first, because there is this sort of resistance, la resistance quality in the, in the psyche, which they want to crush. And they think that if they can only crush that first then the other uh, areas of Europe are going to be easier to fall. And and same thing for the other parts of Canada. Because um, they don't like people making, you know, Look people what's who happening in Australia, are examples. Man.
0: My God. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's happening in, Aust- in Australia? Whew.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, it's, that's scary. And, th- yeah. you know, they've always used Australia as a bit of a marketing thing. Like corporations no, they're, have they're, always, I, always uh, marketed new, 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 uh, new mar- products in australia first new they video did. games new apps in australia yeah. as a testing why.
0: ground huh i don't know is it because the Aust- the aussies are that warped mentally they just are to
1: experimentation i have no idea i don't know why they treat yeah. the whole thing as a, as a kitty kiddie- uh, uh, yeah a continental guinea pig but uh, although they've reverted back to a penal colony man <laughs> pretty much no that's exactly <laughs> it just like you're, you're back first
0: to a prison yeah. colony
1: yeah, just like they do experiments on on prisoners uh, for all sorts of things, and that's that's been the case historically. It's it's yeah. It's a, it, you you've hit the nail on the head. They've reverted it back to a, a a prison colony. That's right. Good. The whole the whole continent is turned back into a prison colony. Yeah, <laughs> and it's weird because the population is is pretty rabunctious for good and for bad reasons. They they do have a bit of a cowboy mentality, which I mean I've seen some pretty serious uh, pushbacks. Um, but despite that, you you've got the biggest in like the biggest lockdown measures. A guy just got given something like six months in prison or eight no eight months in prison for trying to organize a march against the lockdown, and and they gave him that. That's the first thing I've, I first time I've that seen that is up,
0: crazy. Well, they voted for that. Yeah. They voted they vote. for that. They voted. They wanted to get rid of their guns. Now they could have like uh, little pea shooters and muskets. Yeah. Uh, and they voted so. The, they voted for a law that repeals any sort of protest against the government. And they voted for the, it's our government. What's going to get wrong, mate? Hey. Eh? Well, now <laughs> of the show. You you can not throw some shrimp on the bobby anymore, can you?
1: The 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 saddest thing about all of this is that you see a lot of these Australians. Uh, there's videos where the anti-China sentiment, just like in the in the worst elements of the patriots of the United States who don't like the Great Reset and don't want to be vaxed, they've all found themselves listening to Sky News or in the uh, you know different uh, Falun Gong connected operations in the in the West, and they all have been led to believe that China is the enemy. And there's pictures of like Australian cowboys. Uh, whipping Chinese uh, co citizens just walking down the street with actual friggin' horse whips, um, and like beating up people who right, are Chinese.
0: Chinese. We know about them, Chinese, right? I yeah. mean, it's like know, China. Forget the fact, Matthew, that uh, in August, we had about in the United States, they had 60 uh, old elderly people Matt over at a geriatric hospital, they all fell ill, and we don't know exactly why they fell ill at the same week. This geriatric hospital is right across from uh, uh, the Fort Dietrich bioweapons lab and Fort <laughs> Dietrich mysteriously shut down. And then forget the fact also, Mike, that during September, October and into November, there were all sorts of COVID positive antigen samples found in American sewage systems, as well as various American patients. But it all started in Wuhan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I. David Martin as well did a really good uh expose at the Fulmich one of the more recent Fulmich um seminar seminars on uh on, on COVID. And he makes the point, And and Dr. David Martin is is high level. Like this guy have you ever heard heard this guy in action? No, I haven't. I'll send haven't you the this him. this presentation he gives. Um but but he is like at the the top of the the top of uh of international copyright law. He has been uh, a major con- like uh I, I, this guy, I, I can't even go through his bio, but he's he's super knowledgeable. He's been on the ground for a long time, and in his presentation, he's just like laying out the different patents associated with. Uh, different strains of COVID and other novel coronaviruses oh, that are created God. in the West, and just going, naming each patent, which, you know, you can Google, verify that each of these patents are what he's saying, and they all are what he's saying, who owns them, the Fauci connection, all of this, going back to 2002. What are you talking about? You mean, um, you mean, you mean, you mean Wuhan lab don't own them patents? Well, he actually makes the very good point, after going through this amazing exposition of how each element of this coronavirus that has been created as a computer model, which the uh, mRNA, uh, gene therapies have been generated in response to. So, I mean, they, they haven't even isolated an actual virus. It seems it's all been sort of yeah. computer, Correct. uh, modeled at that. They have built and programmed a new mRNA, um, vaccine, they call it to go in and, and, and induce certain commands into your targeted cells to induce, uh, spike proteins that induce the T cells to attack and, you know, do their thing. But they're treating the whole thing like a computer program, and they never, in the real world, isolated anybody who actually had something called this novel coronavirus. Um, but he goes through this whole thing: who owns each of the patents, how they were all put together to, in this new composite, well before even event two hundred one, and way before um, the whole Wuhan lab thing, and before uh, Eco Health Alliance was given, you know, some money by Fauci to put into Chinese uh, uh, companies like the the Wuhan labs. But he goes through how all of this was all already done by Moderna, by Fauci, by other Western players. And that uh, the whole argument around the Wuhan lab is a total red herring. And and I think this was done. If you actually look at what we were talking about with fun and games inside job operations, how these false flags are created, it's sort of like what they were doing with uh, getting Oswald you know, uh, the fact that he had handlers like uh, David Ferry, the guy that Joe Pesci plays in uh, JFK that was uh, made by Oliver Stone, which is a great movie, by the way, for anybody who wants to uh, I'm not usually a big fan of, of getting people to, like, understand their history by going to a Hollywood movie, but in this case this it's tied to some serious research. Oliver Stone did a great thing. Which movie and is this? JFK. Oh, where, uh, yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner plays oh, uh, uh, Jim Garrison. Yep. And uh, David Ferry is played by Joe Pesci. And uh, Joe Pesci is, is is playing David Ferry. Oh, I just said that. Uh, who, who is a, a CIA operative tied to Clay Shaw, who is himself working with an organization called Permindex based in Montreal. Here we are again. Uh, that's run by different MI6 and OSS operatives or former OSS, um, like Michael, Blo- uh, Mortimer Bloomfield, field, uh, who actually carry out the attempted assassinations of de Gaulle, um, which is why. Dex was kicked out of France and Switzerland for trying for being caught red-handed, paying assassins to try to kill De Gaulle, which De Gaulle was good. He he like survived like 30 assassination attempts. Yeah. Um, and and his intelligence agency was really sharp as well and had networks in Quebec. But he was still out. This guy Bloomfield was still his headquarters were here in Montreal, uh, tied to Clay Shaw, tied to David Ferry. David Ferry was the handler of Lee Harvey Oswald and made sure and facilitated uh Oswald getting money going to uh, Russia, where he spent, you know, a, a certain amount of time. And it was all just to create a narrative because they knew that people were going to ask questions of who did this and why. And just the same thing was done with a slightly more, you know, a couple of added layers to the narrative. Uh, in the case of COVID-19, to, you know, throw $500,000 at a Wuhan lab through EcoHealth Alliance, um, through Paul uh, Peter Daszak, who's, you know, totally... Expo- uh, disposable unto himself, but as just a way to, they take the narrative and blame Russia, just like blamed tried to blame Russia or Cuba for the killing of Kennedy. For the mainstream, they tried to do the same thing, uh, you, like using their proxy uh, Oswald, who never had anything to do with it whatsoever. And again, watch Oliver Stone's JFK if you if you have any doubts, and then read uh, Fletcher Prouty's book or or Jim Garrison's book on the trail of the assassins written in 1991, which you can get online even and read for free. But uh, just look at the data. Um, it's the same sort of thing. Like you got a, a. US military industrial complex which, after the anthrax attacks especially, um, expanded massively in high magnitudes to account for, I mean, it, it amounts to well over 50 billion dollars since the uh, the Bioweapons Shield Act or the BioShield Act of 2004, in response to the anthrax attacks of 2001. Um, that was all a Dick Cheney operation that put tons of money into creating all sorts of novel viruses in laboratories under the with the argument that we have to be prepared for anything. So we have to make as many virulent things. We have to reactivate the Black Plague if we can, in which they did um, in a lab. We have to reactivate the 1918 Spanish flu in a lab and just and then start tweaking them and modifying them and mixing them with other the genetic material from other animals just to make other violent weapons so that we can be prepared to make vaccines in case any of our enemies who, by the way, we we all created, but shh, uh, deploy them onto the Western population to, you know, stop. Western civilization's values. So th- this expanded to become not only Fort Detrick, which was a, a major driving force of a lot of this work, but 11 other BSL-4 labs within US borders, something like 200 international bio labs run and tied to the Pentagon internationally, many of them around uh, Russia's perimeter, um, as well as China's perimeter. But no, 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 no. Forget the probably hundreds of billions of dollars of actual money, let alone the 50 or 60 billion of official money that is tied to all of these operations covert- that are super opaque. Forget about all of that. Only look, only look at Wuhan. That's it. And ignore all of that other information that you just said, uh, Said V. Uh, it's just, it's so, it's so mindless. It's so lame. It's so lame. I'm, I'm seeing that somebody said uh, Oswald was involved. Um, no, I mean, no. They, he couldn't have made the shot. There were trees in the way. There were, there were bullets from the front. There was actually three different points of triangulation of shooters, not just yeah. the grassy knoll. Uh, there yeah, was something I they were like, saying
0: that there was uh, multiple
1: shooters besides yeah, Oswald. They, they, yeah, exactly. There were three different points of triangulation. I mean, he had the
0: most accurate gun in the world, the Italian Krakow. That's like such an amazing gun.
1: Yeah. Bolt action,
0: too, on top of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One of the worst rifles out there, man. I know. Joe Rogan might think otherwise. He's, like, talked to other, uh, uh, you know, uh, people who like guns who said that the the shot is possible. And maybe in quantum theory, you could justify that maybe, yeah, anything is possible. Uh, You know, a bullet can maybe do a... a, 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 Well, it's a magic bullet.
0: That's what the the CIA has proved. They actually proved in a lab. Uh, yes, they didn't catch the bullet, but they actually proved that it's a magic bullet, and that bullet is still flying around today, killing people all over the world. Uh, last weekend, it was in Chicago, where over thirty people got shot over the weekend. Uh, this weekend, it might be in—I uh, don't know—could be in
1: Afghanistan <laughs> right now. <for> a <laughs> no, exactly. Any anybody—that's that's brilliant, by the way. Anybody who wants to just type in "magic bullet," uh, Oliver Stone, JFK, just Google that in or put that in YouTube, and you'll you'll at the very least get the segment of the uh, the dramatic. A recreation of the data and of the actual court case that Jim Garrison uh, carried out in New Orleans, who while he was a district attorney, um, just going through not just the 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 dissection of the um, the actual famous uh, video footage of Kennedy dying, which was I think it was in uh, somehow the Time was it Time Magazine the, the their CEO had uh, uh, owned and put in a vault this, this footage of the Zapruder film. Yeah. Um, but he dissects it and ha- goes through a triangulation of all of the data of how many bullets were required, um, to, yeah, do the magic bullet, do the backflip after like going through JFK's neck, then doing a backflip, flip going through, uh, governor Connolly who was sitting in the front seat, then through his leg, then through his arm and shoulder. And I mean, Nothing about the official narrative works on top of the fact i we have to have a whole show just to break this down. It's just so absurd. And, and Oswald himself was like, he said it himself, a patsy, um, all of the recordings of the transcripts of his, uh, debriefing after he was arrested were all erased. Um, just like the autopsy reports on JFK himself were all br- lit on fire by the lead, um, doctor who was carrying out the autopsy with like eight other people, all of the reports he he explains in the Jim car- Jim Garrison uh, and the hearings. brain went missing too, and the brain went missing. They didn't that, have that a would brain. Get the
0: ballistic trajectory perfectly, <laughs> yeah. which the shot came from the front. That's why the Zapruder film shows to front and to the back, front and sorry uh, back and to the left, back into the left. Where yeah. you see his head, the back of his head being blown out, and then yeah. you see Jackie jumping on the back of the car. She was picking up his brain matter.
1: That's what she was doing that's exactly what he was doing. Exactly. And and there's so many points to this. Uh, it's really, it gets me, it gets me so unnerved. It gives, I'm I'm so enraged years later, uh, that people still have not woken up to the fact that this is what it is. They, there, there, there was a systematic intention to just wipe the data and they never planned for anybody like a Jim Garrison to be able to pull together an official, uh, criminal investigation of any of this, but he did. Um, And his work, like I said, is impeccable. He didn't have all of the the data he needed to properly find Clay Shaw guilty because Clay Shaw would have brought you right into, he was the head of Trademart, a New Orleans branch connected to um, Permindex, the Santra, the Trade Mondiale, it was originally an Italian name. And and that brings you right into the networks of the highest echelons of the black nobility, where you have people like, Louis Mortimer Bloomfield that I mentioned who ran this whole operation became one of the co-founders of the, of the 1001 nature trust in 1969 with, with Maury strong with uh, a variety of other uh, princes, oligarchs, Prince Bernhard and Prince Philip were the uh, founders of the 1001 nature trust to get money to put cash into the, um, World Wildlife Fund, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, that was itself set up by Sir Julian Huxley, who was the founder of the, I mean, 1947, this is when this guy who was running the eugenics movement as its president, um, co founds the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, and a few years later, with other very high-level people who are in charge of British intelligence, like Max Nicholson, um, works to set up the morgue's manifesto as sort of the new manifesto for the new ethic of degrowth that they want to transpose onto society that had formerly valued growing your economy the way that the U S had always been uh, defined around that had to go. And, uh, and, and then he creates transhumanism. So the very science of, or the word transhumanism was a repackaging of eugenics, just like the conservation movement was a repackaging of imperialism and eugenics. To right. say that big swaths of land of Africa of North America of, of the world are going to be out of bounds for human development no no dams no rail no nothing because these are going to be we're going to call them perfect equilibrium zones uh, yes. we, of we nature have, which humans uh, can only destroy
0: absolutely we have to make sure that the rare the absolutely rare yes golden dung beetle is protected Matthew and we have to make sure that yeah. in the the the, the Serengeti. That the golden dung beetle is free to roll its dung as much as it possibly can.
1: That's my that's David a, Attenborough. Right there. That's a great Attenborough man. That's super good. <laughs> <laughs> and you see how all of these guys like Attenborough are like sold as these like big oh, yeah. Santa Claus like nice figures. Since so, we're we gotta kids, save
0: the dung beetle and people start crying and they're like. Uh... Meanwhile, there's like a billion of these beetles, and they actually prefer a warmer climate with some oil pipes, pipelines running right above them. <laughs> and, and this
1: guy Attenborough has even himself said with Mark Kearney, uh, that we have to allow corporations to have governance of natural ecosystems instead of nation states, uh, because they've proven to be more, uh, more ethical than nation states who are naturally selfish. Um, and this is part of a new organization that, that Attenborough just created last year with Mark Kearney, um, so, you, you start getting to this sense of like how these guys who themselves don't care about nature, they, they hate human beings, um, have been using their love of nature as just a cover for a new type of fascist imperialism, which is yeah, really they, becoming this is what more they evident. Do. No. They
0: always hide
1: their avarice under their altruism. Exactly. All the, they, all the time. All
0: yeah. the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we care about the future, don't we? We, we, we? If we really care about our grandkids, we have to shut down civilization now, don't we? If we <laughs> but, but you go back to this guy, Mortimer Bloomfield, uh, the guy who was at the heart of the assassination of Kennedy, who tried to kill the gull. Um, this guy was not only co-founder of the 1001 Nature Trust, but he became vice president of the World Wildlife Fund for Nature after Maury Strong had fulfilled that post under Prince Philip as its president in the seventies. I mean, it takes you right to the heart of again, the inner families, the the black nobility who have been running this or trying to run the world now for a long time and never forgave the United States for what it did in 1776 or again in 1865 under Lincoln for, for actually staying unified and then fighting to help other countries stand on their own two feet by helping them develop their own access to Full spectrum industrial economies, rail protectionism, national credit, which is what Lincoln's allies were doing in Russia, in the Meiji restoration of Japan, in France, in Germany, under von Bismarck. Um, even here in Canada, we had some of their allies who ended up getting taken out. But this is something which represents to this very day something that keeps oligarchs up at night. That's why they're afraid so much of the Russia-China alliance and the broader international Belt and Road Initiative, which is offering all nations of the world, a new hope, a real hope, and it's the, it's the re-demonstration of what the U.S. used to be. It's those are the same principles being invoked by the Eurasian uh, nations of the West. Correct. It's the open, modular
0: economic system that any country in the world could plug into and prosper. It's yep. just that simple. It's mutually beneficial. It uh, it, 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 it rapidly develops a country. And yep. the powers that be, they don't want that. They don't want the unsullied, unwashed masses. They don't want them developing technology. They don't want them not – because, look, let's be honest here. I mean what the technology that's being put out by Russia and China has far superseded anything that is coming out of the West these days. The West has nothing left but to hold on to nihilism and hope to repackage and sell that nihilism globally that mm-hmm. the rest of the world will think that this is all there is. That The most advanced thing we have is an iPhone 12.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that that is the 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 ethical foundations of the rule-based order that we have to like <laughs> per- order. To- yeah we, we have the vaunted
0: stateswoman the vaunted stateswoman matthew the one and only camel Ho camel Ho harris is in vietnam and uh, the vietnamese told Great. her to go uh, pound sand while they gave, you know gave a phone call to china you want to comment on that man
1: yeah, that that I think wraps everything up so well. You know, the US disaster in Afghanistan. We've talked about Vietnam, fun and games. We talked about all this stuff. Um, that that wraps up, I think, our show beautifully. But Kamala Harris went to Afghanistan on the theme of America is back. Oh, sorry, Afghanistan. No, what, sorry, what, what, Vietnam, Vietnam. The show went to Vietnam with the theme of Af- America is back.
0: <laughs>
1: How detached from reality. The the foreign minister basically called up China say, don't worry about it. <laughs> Our strategic partnership with China is unbreakable. No, we're just we're we are just are we we are just we have to talk to her. Sorry, and um, yeah, I mean her whole thing was so detached from the reality that, and she's there speaking right in front of a bust of of Ho Chi Minh, who is Jeez. you know the symbol of anti-imperial resistance. They kicked America's ass after nineteen years of imperial wars in in Vietnam. Well, yeah, remember uh, the Tet Offensive. The Tet the uh, Offensive is the same thing that happened with the whole Afghan thing where we overestimated
0: our side and underestimated their side. Huh. yes, We are 300,000 strong as well as equipped as any army in the world. So said the crash test dummy in the White House. Right? <laughs> the Tet Offensive, you had the the great military geniuses. Right? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, eh, they probably got 100,000 uh, Viet Cong that will probably attack. We could hold them. And then what happened? Like literally 600,000 showed up and kicked their asses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh my God. It was pretty bad, man.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I, I mean the, the entire idea and uh, Julian Assange made the point really, really well that, I mean, just like Vietnam, Afghanistan is governed by the exact same or has been, was governed for 20 years under the exact same insane military philosophy of not having any goals. Vietnam was really just go there, fight, get, Increase the body count as much as possible. That'll be like little points in a video game for you as you increase body count as an incentive to uh, uh, to fight for um, Western soldiers. And the body count became something which is devoid of, of are you even fighting enemy combatants? People went crazy on on drugs that were fueled. I mean, I don't know what proportion, but it was a huge proportion of, of young Americans who didn't know what the fuck was going on all of a sudden finding themselves having to like, you know, destroy a village, given orders to like kill a village, men, women, and children. Um, they didn't understand what was going on. They were taking all sorts of heroin, other things, getting themselves all, all fucked up and numb and addicted to things so that they came back broken to the West. Um, when this thing was over, but the whole thing was just increase your body count. Uh, we'll reward you. We'll give you medals. If you do that and, uh, take the hill, hold the hill, take the hill, hold the hill. There's no objective to win None. anything. None. Um, same and thing how many, for how Afghanistan. How many
0: Americans died? How many Americans
1: 50,000?
0: 50,
1: yeah, Americans killed
0: over yeah. that bullshit.
1: Yeah, you ruined a generation. You turned the baby boomers into... And I mean, there's good baby boomers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to insult baby boomers across the board. But really, the generation was ruined. The greatest density of mindless, soft-minded, moral, moral immoral people who just went crazy. They They got back into the West... Fell right into uh, the counterculture easily. They started just blaming all of the U.S., all of Western civilization as being evil. Because look at the evil that was done in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, they very quickly transmogrified into the me generation of the '80s. Uh, these are the corporate leaders, the leaders of, of big finance, of of a lot of the the Western uh, rules based order governments, were people who were processed through this cultural brainwashing experience. And now find themselves doing the exact same bloody thing in many ways, because I mean, why? Why? Uh, ultimately, for those who are higher level managers, the Dick Cheneyites up there who carried out a lot of these disasters. Dick Cheney was a former Trotskyite. So was Donald Rumsfeld. Right? Um, these were like former Marxists in the in the fifties and sixties um, who became the neocons. And it's like, how did that happen? Well, because. There's a higher thing called an oligarchy that has an, it, its own agenda, which recruits and absorbs people of a certain ethical mental uh, orientation into its machine that, trans- that goes beyond particular generations, which is all about a religion of anti-humanism, that their idea is that human beings are fundamentally evil by nature that nation states, which are the effect of human beings trying to organize themselves in defense of empires, are thus evil and selfish and cause wars. That's what a lot of these guys have been brainwashed to believe. And that ultimately the only solution is get rid of the people, get rid of nation states that defend people and create new global government, government structures for a new feudalism, a new technocratic feudalism. And they might call it the third wave. They might call it the fourth industrial revolution. They might give it a different, a variety of names. Some call it New World Order. Some call call it Rules-Based Order. It's the same thing. It's just feudalism with a highly reduced, highly dumbed down population that behaves more like cows that chew cud than human beings who are divine creatures of dignity, um, capable of discovering laws of the universe and translating them playfully into new, new types of inventions, new types of uh, artistic movements. Look at Alma-Deutscher, right? People want to get a sense of this and not make it so abstract, so it's just me like talking. Look at Alma Deutscher. This girl is like at the age of six, she was producing symphonies, concertos, Mm. operas that are uh, wonderful because she was given a proper humanist education reading Mm. Shakespeare and uh, playfully having a proper music teacher who doesn't just give her a bunch of notes to hit on a keyboard and then slaps her hand every time she gets a note wrong. He's actually he's got a technique of, of being playful and improvising after she learns the, fun, the the rudiments and the foundations of proper harmonies. And I mean, her her parents are just good human beings. And you could just see, go Google uh, Alma Deutscher and listen to some of the music this kid has produced. And she's being told, you know, she's able to, to put it into words. It's interesting how uh, critics tell her you're only producing these beautiful uh, pieces of classical music because you're so young and naive and you don't know that we don't do things that way anymore because the, the world is ugly. And, and she's like, I'm, I'm being told these things as if I'm dumb. And she's like 11 years old, talking to the camera and saying, I have a TV. I watch the news. I know the world is an ugly place, but they're all telling me that art should be a reflection of the world. And if the world is ugly, art should be ugly, but I don't want the world to be ugly. I want the world to be as beautiful as I feel. My soul is beautiful. So I want my music to so th- to be beautiful so that the world can uh, be uplifted. And that's the right philosophy of a painter, of a poet, of, a, of an artist is create beauty. If the world is ugly, that's just more reason to to make things beautiful. Don't just be don't just amplify the ugliness. Why would you want to be a part of the cancer? You know, you could be a white blood cell and that's the purpose of great creativity. Everybody has access to that and they're not. being permitted to have that part of themselves shine and grow because the soil of is not, is being consciously contaminated with poisons. And that was what the the counterculture, the whole Timothy Leary Aldous Huxley run, you know, counterculture movement was all about poisoning the fertility of the human soul by twisting and perverting um, our, our aesthetic sensibilities so that we started thinking instead of about Instead of respecting past generations who died and sacrificed for giving us freedoms or thinking about future generations in ways that we could give them a better quality of life, that was all increasingly cut off as people were turned inward into thinking not about space exploration or the universe. That was all the old morality. The new morality was explore your inner universe, defund fusion power, defund all of these things because the world is is just too messed up we have too much poverty why are we spending money on space when we could be exploring the inner world you know and and this is where the investments into psychedelics really really started taking off and these people became myopically driven uh folks who were told increasingly yeah they were sheepish they were told increasingly you know fusion is always 40 years away which Again, you know, the, the point can be made. If you're old enough to read, and this is what they were saying in the 70s, right? When the Malthusians took over, fusion power, we thought it was just around the corner. No, it's 40 years away. They're not being on the one hand, it's because it's all being defunded and the kneecaps are being cut off of the thing while it's like running. And number two, you're being you're you're being told this because if you're old enough to read, 40 years in the future, if you're if you're thinking myopically, is so far that you're going to be almost dead yet and won't even be able to enjoy the the benefits while you're alive. So who cares? And that's like the George Bush thing. George Bush was a, was a cokehead who just like changed Coke for Jesus and was asked by, by an interviewer, what do you think the future generations are going to think of you? This former like victim of the counterculture, poor fucking monkey Bush said, I don't really care The I'll be dead by then.
0: Uh, hold, hold, you know? on, Matt. hold on, man.
1: Hold on. I kind of told Laura this. I said, uh, I don't really care.
0: Uh, you can fool me once. Uh shame on you. There's a saying in Texas, something about cyber entity or sovereign entity. I don't know what you wouldn't say. Oh, Reefy double zero said it this. He said the memorial that Camelho visited in Hanoi wasn't for McCain. Furthermore, it was for the anti-aircraft crew who shot down McCain jet. Uh, things seems like our friends Alex and Alex over at the Duran explained that. Hey that's <laughs> that's good. hilarious. That just shows how good. dumb she is, man. Even more so.
1: <laughs> that's super funny. Oh, I love it. Goodness. I love that irony. Oh, that's good. That God, made my day. I love it.
0: <laughs> Dummy. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Unreal. It's good. it's good. Matt, we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always fun, my friend. Always fun. Again, folks, go to. Absolutely. Oh, before I let you go, Matt, I just got to hey. play this again. This is from Rambo 3. Hey. You know, Sylvester Stallone. Why well, you keep calling me a bum? That was rocky. Here we go. This is from <laughs> Rambo. We're Colonel Trotman. Was caught by the Russians behind lines in Afghanistan, and so this is this is the line that Trotman says, and this didn't age well. Why Listen to this. Hollywood was trying to speak to us back then, and how, but the defense, the military incompetent complex didn't uh, take this to heart. Yeah, let I me mean, play the audio on this because I can't do video. Of course you do,
1: but you do not seem to realize I am providing a way out for us both. You expect sympathy? You started this damn war. Now you have to deal with it, and we will. It is just a matter of time before we achieve a complete victory. You know, there won't be a victory. Every day your war machines lose ground to a bunch of poorly armed, poorly equipped freedom fighters. The fact is that you underestimated your competition. If you'd studied your history, you'd know that these people have never given up to anyone. They'd rather die than be slaves to an invading army. You can't defeat a people like that. We tried. We already had our Vietnam. Now you're going to have yours.
0: <laughs> we, we already had our Vietnam, now we're having our Afghanistan.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. It didn't that really didn't age well. It didn't age I, well. That was Rambo 3, right? Rambo 3. I never watched that one. Dude, it was bad. Yeah. I saw that one.
0: It was it was I I don't know. I'm a sucker for Rambo movies. What can I say? Even I like the first one. That was... I, yeah, the first one was great. Uh yeah, okay. No, i I'm actually gonna What do I that. want? <laughs> The people know that I love their- I don't know what the hell he says.
1: I can't. <laughs> Ew. So is that rabble fighting with the freedom fighters that were Yeah, he being- was fighting with the Mujahideen. That's hilarious. Okay, I gotta yeah, but that. he's
0: not as good as my movie Total Recall. That I go to Mars and I say, "Screw your freedom!" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: someday Hollywood will become moral. Someday. <laughs>
0: Or (laughs) or or Hollywood is is done, bro. It's it's over with. It's it's it's. They have no ideas. They're just rehashing superhero movies. Yeah, you know what?
1: It's 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 the little yeah cinephile in me. I I I want to believe that it can be reformed. It can't. It's like the IMF. It's got to just disappear, and something better has got to just take over. It's yeah, absolutely. Folks, we're
0: at the end of the show. Make sure you go to. Let me bring these up again, so you guys can see for yourself. Oh, hold on.
1: Oh, by the way, this uh, this Sunday, um, I'm curating a, a lecture on uh, the history of U.S.-Russian uh, relations by um, a very interesting historian named Jeffrey Steinberg. Um, it's going to be really good, and it'll be on Sunday at 4 p.m. If people want to participate, it's going to be hundreds of years into the past. It's going to look at the future. Um, it's going to be thorough. Um, they can just write an email to info at risingtidefoundation.net. And uh, I'll send you the uh, the Zoom link to participate live, if uh, if you'd like to join. So, and also uh, we're gonna be, we do these things every Sunday. So if people want to participate in the regular um, lectures, just simply uh, let me know in the email. And uh, we usually ask for a donation of some sort, but if you can't do that, that's okay. Um, you'll still get it for free. But if you can donate, please do that as well. And those are the websites. Thank you, V. Yep.
0: You can go to risingtiefoundation.net or thecanadianpatriot.org and go there and check it out. And with that being said, Arnold, we're going to take it out now. Quick run to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>